welcome to Beyond the Fairy Tale. I'm your host, Nicole Wood, and this is episode two. Episode two, and I am, gosh, I've been in quite the funk the last few weeks, and I've been struggling to record, and I've been here before, a year ago. A year ago when I decided I wanted to be a podcaster, or I wanted to start a podcast, it took me a year to finally get the courage do the work on myself, also go through some more life challenges and some more life lessons to get to here today. And just when you think you've broke through that belief system and that pattern, it comes creeping back in. And that's what's been happening for me this last few weeks. Um, I feel like every time I record, it's that same old story and I go to speak and I really struggle to get out what I want to say because I'm totally in my head the whole time. I'm not just being authentically me and just speaking. I'm in my head and I'm like, just, yeah, just like, what what will people think of this? What will people think of that? Instead of just flowing and doing what I set out to do, I've been in my head a little bit over these last few weeks. But hey, here we are today. We're here. We're talking. And I'm doing this. So anyway, I thought I'd get into a little bit about where the name came from. I didn't really, I don't think I've ever really discussed that. So I thought I'd let you guys know where the name came from and a bit about how me wanting to be a podcaster came about. So with the name, I obviously wanted to tie it in with my audience. So most of my followers or people who follow me generally follow me from a time I was on reality TV called The Bachelor. And The Bachelor was about... Uh, finding love in a very extravagant way and it was all about the fairy tale. So that's a bit sort of where the name came from, Beyond the Fairy Tale, because obviously it's my life past, sorry, past, post the show. But it'll also delve into my childhood trauma and how it shows up today and in the relationships I've been in since the show and before the show and all my life experiences. So I thought, why not be on the fairy tale? And it has a good ring to it, I reckon. So yes, reality TV gal and her not so fairy tale life. And it's quite funny because I feel like there's a lot out there that makes it seem like relationships are a big fairy tale. And hey, maybe that's what you've experienced in your life. But for me, obviously, it hasn't been quite the fairy tale when it comes to relationships. And I've come to the realization that is all a part of me and within me. And it's not that people are shitty. Yes, people can be shitty and do shitty things. But if you continuously put up with the shitty behavior and keep going back for the shitty behavior, even though they keep proving to you that that's what they're giving to you and you, you know, you know, it's bad, but you stay there, you're kind of doing it to yourself. So. I've finally come to that realization in, you know, this last year or so that I definitely unconsciously was keeping myself in these toxic environments, these not so fairy tale environments. And that all stemmed from, you know, a bit of my childhood trauma. And I definitely would say my aha moment was probably when I became a single mum for the first time. And I wasn't so much drowning in everyone else's problems and trying to look after everyone else. At that point, 
all I had to focus on was me and my daughter. So I had a lot of spare time that was always busy with other people's issues and me trying to fix everyone else and not looking at myself. So I had some free time and one of the things I started to do was listen to podcasts and try to get a little bit more educated and my cousin had sent me a podcast and she sent it to me during peak COVID and she said, here's this episode, listen to this. Um, it wasn't about love and relationships, but she had said that the rest of his podcast was sort of on relationships and things. And I thought, huh, okay. And she goes, you probably won't want to listen to it. But after the episode I listened to, I was like, oh, actually I might have a listen. Like I'm interested in what he has to say. And that's when I had my aha moment that, holy shit, I've been living this pattern my whole life unconsciously without even realizing it. And I was kind of annoyed at myself also. I was like, oh my God, I'm 28, single mum, and I've only just realized. I unconsciously have been doing this to myself. I've been keeping myself in these toxic environments and these vicious cycles. It's not... People don't just treat me like shit. I've been letting them treat me like shit. They showed me from the get-go that that's what they were going to, that's what they do for me and that's the way they're going to treat me. But this unconscious part of me kept wanting to live in that pattern and that cycle. And so I was listening to the podcast and anyway, my aha moment was he talked on childhood trauma and he said, you know, people who have a parent who suffers addiction, tend to end up in relationships with people with addictions. And that's when I went, oh my God. I thought back to my last two serious relationships. Both of them had addiction issues. And no, consciously I didn't go, oh, hi, how are you? Are you an addict? Yes, I, I'd love to date you. It was definitely not a, a, conscious, um, a conscious thing. But the whole part of it is, People with addictions are people who are emotionally unavailable. So it's not to say like just because you had an addict parent, you're going to end up with an addict. It's more about, you know, an addict person is emotionally unavailable. So you'll you'll tend to vibrate at what your childhood was and you'll attract people from that same environment. So what he spoke on is, you know, if you lived with this parent who was unstable, emotionally unavailable, which, you know, 70 to 80 percent of the time they have addiction issues you recreate that in your adult life because that's what felt like home for you that felt safe for you because that's what you grew up in so I'm quite curious if you guys want to comment or leave a review and let me know your experience when you realized you had childhood trauma and it and how it was playing out in your life and when did you have your aha moment because that's that's what mine was it was just Something so simple to really just get that, I don't know, forefront in my brain and make me realize, wow, this is, this is something I'm doing to myself unconsciously. And from there, I was just like on a mission to learn all about it because I also had that moment of realization that if I keep myself in these sorts of relationships, my daughter is going to recreate the same pattern in her adult life. And that's not what I want for her. I don't want her to be with people who don't treat her how she deserves. So I sort of got, you know, 
right into the learning about attachment styles, childhood trauma and all those things. And that was sort of where my first spark of interest in being a podcaster came about because I was like, wow, this really like changed a massive perspective for me and I gained a lot of knowledge just from listening to someone else speak on something so briefly I would love to do that for one person one day. I would love to speak out on my journey one day and hopefully I can, you know, unlock something in someone's brain that they didn't realize about themselves. So here we are talking about, you know, my childhood trauma one year later and my patterns. But yeah, it wasn't long after that. I was Googling how to become a podcaster and I think I I opened one article and I was just like reading all the stuff into it and I just got completely frazzled and was like, oh my God, that's too hard. That's too hard. No, thank you. And I just, I forgot about it from then on. I was like, nah. And that was that belief system I have that, you know, I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy. I'm not smart. All the things I've been telling myself since I was a little girl unconsciously. So that was definitely playing out in that moment when I wasn't aware. And I I just, yeah, I just straight away went, no, 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 that's too hard basket. Fast forward to a year ago now, I got the equipment given to me for my birthday. I um, I got a laptop and I got a microphone and I was like, giddy up, let's go. Let's get on there, let's speak. It really can't be that hard to speak. That's what I'm good at. I'm an outgoing person. I'm social. I could talk underwater if I wanted to. This should be easy. The part I was more nervous about was actually learning to edit and learning to, you know, do all the back of house stuff. But really I struggled way more with speaking and I I really couldn't understand it. I was like, why is this so hard? Why, why am I struggling so hard just to speak? That's something I'm good at. And the minute I'd hit record, I'd become a blubbering mess. And that's when I was like, okay, I, I was, it was attempt after attempt. It went on for a few months. I'd record an episode. I would pull them apart. I was never happy with them. I'd end up deleting them, starting again. And it was just this cycle. And I just never, never moved forward. I just kept getting stuck in the I'm not good enough and I would go through those things in my mind going oh well nobody cares what I have to say who cares what I have to say like really I'm just one person what does it matter but I need to truly remember why I'm doing this I'm doing this because of how much help I got through listening to other people's podcasts and other people's stories and still to this day I learned so much just from listening to podcasts from other people like life coaches and things like that and their experiences and their knowledge, you know, and it's helping me so much. So why wouldn't I do that? Why wouldn't I want to help someone else in, you know, who might be in the same situation I was in, you know, a couple of years ago, being a single mom, not knowing what to do, not understanding her patterns and behaviors and not understanding why she was in the position she was in. So The whole mission was originally just to help someone else. If I could help one person, I'm happy. So, you know, I'm not on here to bloody be the number one podcaster or all this stuff. I'm honestly just out here speaking my story, hoping I can help someone, how I got helped once upon a time. And still, I'm getting helped to this day. So, yes, 
fast forward to the time where I was struggling to record and it was super hard and I couldn't figure out what was going on for me. I finally got to the point where I was like, okay, I think maybe I need to speak to someone. Maybe I need therapy because I knew, I knew consciously the way my childhood was wasn't normal and I knew it wasn't right, but I didn't think it affected me in any way. I was very much in the mindset of what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. There's people out there who've had worse off. I don't need to speak to anyone. I'm not depressed. I'm, you know, I felt like I was happy on the outside. I felt happy, you know, being a young teen, just doing your thing. You just think what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. I'm so strong. I'm this independent young woman, you know, early twenties, working full time, earning money, just hustling. Didn't see a problem within me at all. I didn't see a problem within me. I just thought I was fine. And it really, yeah, just took me to really struggling with that recording of the podcast and really getting my words out and the doubts I had about myself. I was like, why am I struggling to have the confidence in this? I just don't understand because I thought I was a confident person, but unconsciously I clearly wasn't. So I finally looked out for a therapist and I actually found one who does, um, gosh, I think it's called intense trauma ITSPD or something intense it was some sort of intense trauma therapy and yeah what I unlocked in that first session was crazy like stuff that I've been saying to myself my whole life unconsciously was said out loud for the first time and it was a massive shock to the system to hear myself say those things those real negative things about myself and gosh the way he got it out of me um claps claps hats off to him because I don't know the way he did it he just he's good at what he does because all this stuff came out and I was like where does this come from you know but yeah my belief was that I was dumb and I was stupid and I wasn't good enough and he said you know from my childhood I felt I wasn't good enough because at one point in my life, my parents broke up when I was five turning six and when they broke up, my sister moved into her own bedroom and I felt abandoned by everyone essentially. So as a child, my child mind would have perceived that as, well, my mum gets drunk and abusive. She doesn't love me. My sister doesn't ever want to play with me. She doesn't love me. My dad's moved out. He doesn't love me. So I put myself in this this little bubble and I felt safe in being mediocre. I felt safe in, you know, not speaking up, not doing anything other than just being in my little bubble and just staying, staying mediocre, essentially. And as I got older, I was never, you know, I was never book smart. I was never really good with the school system most of my report cards said you know she talks a lot (laughs) and I was getting C's and D's and it was she's a pleasant student she's not you know I wasn't a bad student this is primary school mind you I wasn't a bad student I wasn't a great student I just talked a lot and I wasn't very 
intellectual as they would say because I got my C's and my D's and whatever. But yeah, so obviously I was always a good talker back then too. Um, but yeah, even when it came to things, I, I remember at one point I did get a tutor but I obviously still had that deep-seated belief system and belief pattern playing out that I wasn't good enough. So I never really tried. I never tried. I f- and then when it hit high school, it just got worse. Like I would walk into a classroom and the teacher would be like, get out <laughs> because they just didn't want to deal with me. They just would tell me to leave. They said, we'll sign you in, but just get out of the class. So instead of, cause they had to send me to RTR each week and it was clearly doing nothing. So and RTR is like the responsible thinking room. So I used to get sent there quite a bit in high school and yeah, if uh, some of my teachers just had enough, they said nothing works. They said, you know, we'll sign you in and you go do what you want. So I'd wag the class and miss out. And that was sort of how I went through schooling. I was just never trying to achieve, never trying to succeed. I didn't want to be seen. I didn't want to be successful. And that's also a part of my childhood trauma is this fear of success. So from what the therapist says, you know, for me to be successful means I needed to be seen, heard, loved, which is not what I experienced growing up. So that actually brings on a massive amount of anxiety for me. So through my life, unconsciously, I kept myself just, you know, in my safe place of mediocre and not achieving and not going for more because that was what was my safety bubble. That was what kept me safe. And Now, obviously, it's all about learning that that safety bubble I once had doesn't protect me anymore. It maybe protected me once as a child, but it doesn't serve me anymore in this life because it's keeping me mediocre. It's keeping me behind. And this is the whole part of this journey. Oh, my daughter's awake. (laughs) I might have to wrap this up. My daughter's just woke up. So thank you all for listening. And we'll touch more on this the next episode.